1: To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Welcome to DTNS Experiment Week. All this week, DTNS is on summer vacation, but in its place is Experiment Week, where our producers and contributors are trying out new show ideas and releasing them right here on the DTNS feed. Enjoy
0: all right welcome to episode one of barbecue and tech i'm your host big chris ashley and alongside of me my buddy my best friend my brother mr rod simmons what's up my man
2: how's it going brother well it's gonna be fun yes yeah, i to like be- talking barbecue
0: you know that's one of my favorite topics to talk about ever in the history of topics and speaking
2: <laughs> and so uh, i was I was thinking last night when you were we were I was like, "All right, we're going to be recording this tomorrow. When did we start barbecuing together?" And honestly, a flashback to I can remember you at my house and we're preparing for games to come on TV. Right. Like football games coming on TV on Sundays. Right. And the smoker is going. The food is cooking. And this this was for me. My oldest is about to turn eighteen. This was pre-kids. Yep.
0: Yeah. It's been been a while. Been a long time. And you know, I even remember, you know, attempting to smoke food on a grill um, and being somewhat successful, and then graduating from there. So let me tell the folks what we're doing here. So, hey, folks, this is um, a long time. In the conception and wondering, you know, can, can we hold a long enough conversation that's interesting to other people about barbecue It's something I'm very passionate about. And I can talk about it all day. It doesn't mean people want to hear about it all day. But um, uh, so what we intend to do is not only discuss barbecuing food, but the tech, the tech gadgets and that we use around it. And it could be a low tech, something as low as a cooler um, all the way up to the high tech you know devices that i've spent you know three four hundred dollars on to help uh the smoker cook food and you know each week that we record, we will discuss some of these things and some of these topics and um and go through it, and you know maybe somebody's out there wondering i i mean not maybe definitely there are people that I talk to all the time that are looking to get into smoking or have just gotten in and they're looking for all types of tips and tricks and You know, I'm not going to give you everything, but I'm going to give you some of my backyard barbecue warrior uh, tips that I've picked up. And Rod has graciously agreed to help me because he's been, you know, we've been smoking food together for the better part of 20 years. Um, And so we wanted to take an opportunity and none other. uh, Question that I felt like the very first episode that should be answered is what? Are the most popular type of smokers and which one should i get would you agree
2: ron yeah i definitely would agree and i'd say as we kind of get started you said something earlier is can i smoke on my grill yeah and it, and you probably will say the first question you ask is like what kind of grill do you have because <laughs> could you make it do with a propane yeah yeah probably you can make but it work you can make it yeah. work and, uh, Hopefully you have like a Weber or something to get going. But yeah, let's let's get I, through well, that. Well I think the important part for people to understand is what
0: exactly is barbecue, right? What what is barbecue? And barbecue and grilling are actually two different things, right? And it's in its basic concept, grilling is the act of cooking food over high heat rapidly. Right. So what's the goal of that? You get the sear on the outside of whatever you're cooking. The juices on the inside are maintained and you get that, you know, nice crunch on the outside with the juiciness on the inside. Much like a burger. Right. Or you can certainly grill chicken breast. You can grill salmon and stuff like that. You can even grill tofu. Not going to get the same effect, but you can get some tasty food out of that. Right. Absolutely. Barbecue is a whole different thing. And while when you hear barbecue, you think of sauce slathered all over ribs and stuff like that and you know but that technically barbecue is just cooking food over long periods of time right and so because you know the Brazilians are awesome at barbecue you know with their churrascaria uh, technique, you know, if you ever been to a Brazilian barbecue, there's no barbecue sauce in sight, right? <laughs> but the food is fantastic, and they cooked that those meats for a long period of time, um, over that low heat. And uh, so, just understanding what the difference is, then you can realize, okay, can I barbecue on a grill? And I think that's the most rudimentary way to to do it. But you know, how do you achieve, you know, that, you know, barbecuing food? On a grill. Well, you have to be able to offset the heat, right? And that's the basics of a barbecue. So you need the heat source on off to the side and the food on the other side so that the heat is not directly under the food. If you can accomplish that on your grill, then technically, you know, you add in some wood fuel for smoke. Uh, maybe you get one of those little boxes that burns the wood separately and it creates the smoke inside of the chamber, inside of the, the grill, then yeah, 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 you can you can technically do it. And that's how yeah. we started. You know what I mean?
2: And I'd say like even with a, like a little Weber grill, like one of my neighbors, he has a Weber grill. He mm-hmm. likes to barbecue food and he will either will put the the charcoal dead center for him mm-hmm. or in an outer ring and put the meat or over to the side mm-hmm. and put the meat in a different area, which is really what you're getting to is we all probably have the tools that you can get started with this sure. but um i think what you said earlier is what the tech that's involved in it that makes uh helps cook the food it just it makes the process so much easier right. cuz you know our early days uh, they were rough. they were definitely yeah They're they rough. were rough with yeah. um the the equipment we had
0: you had the equipment and you had to learn it so let's talk about it then so um i i would say If I am from, you know, from my perspective, the most popular type of smokers you're going to run into is the off probably the offset is the most popular one, right? This is the one that you usually see when you go to your Home Depots, your Lowe's, you see this giant black smoker that has a box on the side of it. And then it has the main box um, in, in the front. And so that that achieves exactly what we're talking about, right? The box on the side allows you to put the heat source in there, the charcoal, the wood, or just straight wood, depending on what you're doing. And then um, that heat then funnels through a vent in between the small box and the big box. And then um, there's a vent on the other side, on the big box side, and then you create that airflow from the heat source through the meat up and out the box, right? And so that's probably the most popular one, the offset smoker, food on one side, box on the other side.
2: Now, have you ever owned an offset smoker? I I've never so.
0: owned an offset smoker. I've definitely used one at other people's houses, but I've never owned one myself. It never really appealed to me, even though that you know there's some advantages, right? Yeah, you know, while you're smoking food off to the side, technically you can grill food directly over that heat source on the right side, right? So you can you can actually do that if you want to. You know, depending on your your, your smoker setup, but. A lot of the ones that I saw early on when I was looking into smoking were very flimsy, and that's something we'll talk. That's part of the technology of the smoker we'll talk about is uh, what it's made of, right? And they were very flimsy, and it just never really appealed to me. So I always kind of sat off. But I know my boy Kevin has a massive offset smoker, and his thing looks awesome. You know what I mean? And he he showed me pictures of his barbecue. And he's gotten some great barbecue off of that. So I'm not poo-pooing Offset Smokers. Just the cheaper ones aren't for me. But if you get a really, really nice one,
2: I think you're going to – you definitely can create some great All food. Right. stop for a second. Yeah. You said he's got – you said when he showed me pictures, I can see he's got some real good barbecue off of there. So how are you looking at a photo and you could tell me that he got good barbecue? So
0: – and this is a thing that, you know, as we go along, we'll – try to tell people you know first uh, first and foremost you know the best the ultimate judge of barbecue is the taste of it but over the years you've kind of i've developed you know the eye for what i would look at and be like that's gonna taste good that's gonna taste bad so for example if i look at a brisket right and i've seen i've been in i've been in these uh facebook groups and somebody posts like oh this is the brisket i just came put a you know tooled off and they cut it up and people are like oh it looks great and i look and i see like a a a darkish brown coloring or graying coloring right in the meat that tells me they pulled the meat too soon they cut it too soon right because it'll gray up like that uh it doesn't mean it does taste bad but you know when i cut my brisket it's nice and brown it's got the bark on the top it's juicy coming through it and i let that thing sit and wait you know and when you cut it too soon it will turn gray on you sometimes and i see that often i'm like Okay, you you cut that brisket too soon, right? Or um I look at some ribs and maybe they're overdone, um uh, where they're too dark and I'm like you may you, you may have had a bad smoke where, you know, you put them on too soon before the kind of the, orig- the initial part of the 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 uh charcoal kind of burned up and you got a nice clean smoke, it's nice light blue. You know, it was you probably put it on while it was still white and puffy, you know? What I mean, that gives you a uh, uh, a harsh taste um, As opposed to that good smoke flavor So you know just little things like that And I also like to see a great bark And some great seasoning but I don't want to see also see Caked on seasoning on your food Right because then I'm tasting seasoning And I'm not tasting the meat so those are the type of things I look for. If I look at a brisket and it just looks, I mean, not brisket, but pulled pork and it just looks dry. You know what I mean? There's no juiciness. To it. It's just like,
2: oh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, you got right, dist- sit I wrong. distracted you way down no, the path. But I, Wait, I, yeah, see, back.
0: it's easy to kind of go through. But those are the type of things I look for in those, in those different meats. Um, but uh, the next up, probably um, most popular is the ceramic slash komodo smoker right? These are your uh, komodo joes, your big green eggs, and uh, uh, which you own an egg.
2: I, I do, yeah. I own, I
0: own an egg. One of my favorite smokers, um, and uh, you can create some great barbecue on those things. You know, and they they really do. They're expensive. Uh, well, the komodo Joes not too expensive. You get those at your Sam's and your other barbecue places and your home uh, Costco's. Um, but the great green egg is a lot more expensive and i i don't know i've never owned a komodo or used one a komodo joe um but uh i, I don't know that there's much of, of a difference but i know the people that own eggs will definitely <laughs> tease anybody that uses uh one of the uh other ceramic versions
2: all right so one second you earlier you were saying that um the key difference between barbecue and smoking And grilling. Sorry, and grilling. Thank you. Is that the the fire is offset. You don't have your food directly over the fire, but with a green egg or a Komodo, the fire is like I mean, it's 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 a vertical unit. So the fire is right below. And I I'm assuming is that does that not count because they have that kind of deflection plate? Well, that's
0: exactly right. So those those smokers are those are still considered smokers and you use them to smoke. Even though they also tout you can grill. Right. But the big the big thing is, is they have those what they call plate setters and those plates uh, sit in be above the heat. So it deflects the heat. So they go around the plate and then up the sides into the dome of the smoker and then back. Right. So the heat source is not directly hitting the food. So you don't get those flare ups. Um, you know, when the grease strips in and all, all that jazz. So, yeah, so they still definitely count and definitely very popular. People compete with those type of smokers um, as well as the offset, which is very popular. So definitely count. Definitely very popular. Um, I would think next up would be the pellet smoker. Um, I own the pellet smoker. You currently own a pellet smoker. Um, These are the ones that use like the little pellets that come in these bags. They have. Different uh, flavors of these pellets uh, based on the, uh, you know, the tree species uh, that is used, Uh, you know, super easy to use, uh, super convenient to use uh, a pellet smoker. Um, But major downside, Um, you will never get as much smoke on the meat uh, on a pellet smoker as you would the other smokers that I've mentioned so far
2: yeah the thing I like about the pellet smoker, and I think probably it's like with the egg you're I love the egg but unless you unless you use like some technology and build into it, I don't want to say you fight with the temperature, but it, it you have to there's a art of perfecting the temperature, mm-hmm. and nothing more than a windy night can screw all of the art that you've learned up, yep, and with this you just. You plug it into the wall, press a button, set a temperature. It it's no different than an oven to some extent. Yeah. Um I so remember it does make it a little easier. I remember
0: one of the funniest conversations I had with you is when I originally had the pellet smoker and we were preparing for Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving and you're like Uh, how long is it going to take you, you know, how, how, you know, you're going to get up early to put the turkey on. How long is it going to take you to get it up to temperature? And I just started laughing. (laughs) I was like, uh, maybe five minutes. (laughs) Just turn it on, set to temp and walk away. It's going straight to temp and you were still strictly using the egg. And, you know, that's a good, you know, 20, 30 minute run up, you know, at least uh, to get to temp.
2: and, And it's not with, with the egg or any, anything that you're using fire, it's not just getting up to temp but it's also making sure it's it's making sure that you didn't overrun it cuz you can hit, you know, like say 220 or 250 if that's what you want to smoke at but you could come back out 20 minutes later and realize you're at 400 and then you're yeah. fighting to that get that. That happened it out, a so. lot on the egg.
0: Uh yeah. and um yeah, but the, on a pellet smoker, you you're good to go. You set that temperature and walk away and you're yeah, you really not going to give you any more extra run up other than that. And then I would think probably newer in the entry and probably not as popular uh, out there or what's called a gravity smoker. Um, that's what I use. Actually, it's uh, by far my favorite and I've used almost, I've used everyone that I've mentioned. Um, but the gravity smoker is a very simple process. It's more of like a gun safe style setup. Um, but, and it it's offset. Yeah. Whereas the box that the food goes into is on one side And the heat source is on the other side uh, with a vent that allows the heat source to go into the uh, the cook chamber. However, the one of the greatest innovations, as far as I'm concerned, uh, on the gravity smoker is the charcoal gets fed in the top of the smoker and it drops down to where it's lit at the bottom. So I can literally light the bottom. Put my wood in there. And then, if I need to add more charcoal, I can add more charcoal to the to the smoker without ever affecting my food, my temperature, or anything. I just open the chamber at the top, dump the charcoal in, close it, and keep it moving. And that part of it,
2: I extremely love. All right, so I think every smoker has some level of a downside. Yep. Uh, what's what would you say is the downside of the the gravity smoker? Because you've been, you've been running it for a couple of years now.
0: Yeah. So one of the main downsides is that thing weighs about 600 pounds and it is massively heavy. Um, the other thing is the, uh, the the every once in a while, depending on what type of charcoal you're using, you can get charcoal stuck in the chute. That, um, and so while you're thinking everything is fine, you know, as the charcoal burns up on the bottom, the chute is jammed. And the charcoal doesn't fall in to help replenish what's been used. And so you just, you know, you just take a rod and kind of jam it up in there and loosen it up and you're fine. So that happens to me more with lump charcoal um, and and the bigger size lump charcoal as opposed to like the smaller size lump charcoal. And, uh, and but it doesn't happen so much, but it can happen with briquettes, you know, with the bri- briquettes, they're preformed. Um, I use all natural briquettes if I use them, but it can happen every once in a while where just one just, and it usually happens after a smoke. So if I fill it up and I smoke, you know, every once in a while they just kind of drop in an awkward position. Um, So now what I usually do is before I start up a new smoke, I jam a rod in there, loosen everything up, and then make sure everything's loose and then add some more on top and then start the new smoke. Okay. So if you talk about the downside of a uh one of the kettle smokers i don't think i mentioned a kettle smoker and those are like your.
2: that's where we started that's where we
0: started that was like that's like your basic one it kind of looks like a big bullet (laughs) if you will there are all types of kettle smokers but most a lot of them are just really cheap um that you see in your home depot your lows and and they're you know usually like 70 80 bucks can you make good tasting barbecue on them absolutely um and uh they they but they're smaller they usually use propane with them um and uh so when you're using propane you're usually just adding wood to the to to the bowl and you're adding water right because those thinner smokers don't make maintain moisture very well and then with the heat source constant like that uh from the propane it's just you you're constantly adding water to the pan you're constantly uh, replenishing wood chips in that pan but in the end, uh, you can make some decent barbecue. I guess I'd fail to mention electric smokers, but I've never used an electric smoker. I have a friend that has one who's been dying. Not to it. About that here. But, you know, it's not something I'm overly interested in. But from what I to two people I know that have electric smokers, they like them and uh, they, they seem to work just fine as well. But I don't know much about those because I, I never so- use them.
2: The thing I remember, the struggle with the kettle smoker, and I, again, I, it's a great way to start off. Um, <laughs> we would be so we live in live in the I'll say the sort of northeast, like uh, right outside of Washington D.C. And the, the challenge you run into with those is in the summer they're great because you have a consistent air temperature, if you mm-hmm, will, mm-hmm. and what invariably would happen during football season is smoking was really fun like during preseason, the mm-hmm. first couple of weeks. Yep. But then as winter set in, because it was such a thin wall, the cold would just pull it down so you were fighting to keep that temperature up.
0: Absolutely.
2: And then you'd have something like you're smoking food and then like it starts raining and it's just like, you, I mean, honestly, you're pouring water on something that's trying to stay warm and it's just cooling it down or worse, it would start snowing and you're just... And you when mean, you have those temperature fluctuations
0: like that, it tends to throw off your cook and, you know, and it could drag out the, the cook time. And then and when right, that you happens, know. you start getting drier food and it, it just becomes a pain. But, you know, to, if, if somebody was like, hey, I just want to get started, you know, I, well, yeah, go ahead and grab one. Yeah. At least you'll learn to fight temperature. Um, you will learn, you know, to different wood flavors and how you like them. Um, you can learn the basics of preparing the meats and all that stuff. So they're definitely OK. Um, but if you could spend more, I would definitely, uh, see about spending more.
2: Yeah. I think that the, the difference, at least I feel I see is as you progress through, um, uh, through the smokers or, and, or technology, like if you said, I, I know I want to do this, I'm super passionate about it. I- I'm going to go in bigger cause I don't want to buy five smokers and have to keep justifying to my significant other why I'm buying yet another smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice thing is, you start to get and you willing to spend a little more. Is, I mean, you you we were I was like, hey Chris, can you come over and help me do something? You're like, yeah, I got some food on the smoker coming over. You're looking at it. You're looking at your food. You know the temperature of your food that you're working with. Mm-hmm. You're able to turn the temperature of the smoker, turn it down on the smoker. Mm-hmm. Like you're while I'm at like, your house, yeah, yeah, and more importantly, I I like when we were first started with the kettle smoker, it was meat went on at six a.m. Hoping it's going to come off by 6 p.m. for like Monday night football or, whatever, or Sunday night football, mm-hmm. but we were babying the smoker like yes. it was. I you can run to the store or I can run to the store, but we can't run to the store. And now it's like uh, my daughter has a soccer game. I'm I'm out of here. I'll be I'll be back I'll in be an back. hour or two hours. And yeah. let's be clear, those experiences
0: are awesome because you know even if you bought an expensive smoker that had all the bells and whistles and gadgets to it, I would tell you to learn your smoker and make sure you can control the temp manually and keep it set at long for long periods of time because um you know if those gadgets fail you got to fall back on on your senses and your sensibilities so i would definitely say uh learn but life does get easier <laughs> when you spend you spend a little bit more so uh let next up let's talk about the uh pellet smoker i already mentioned probably the biggest uh downside as far as i'm concerned um, but it's not, and this is the thing that uh, I should impress upon people that are listening to this and are still trying during deciding. Man, barbecue is super subjective. So I'm giving you my opinions and my thought process and the things that I've come across. That doesn't necessarily mean that it 100 you know, percent falls to you. Um, so just keep that in mind. But uh, with pellet smokers, be, those pellets, um, there's first off, there's a couple things to watch out for. But it, in the end. You won't
2: ever get them. That's for certain.
0: Yeah, they just blow up and become useless. But uh, you don't. You just can't. You just can't recreate the smoke flavor on those. Um, I've tried a lot of things. Um, I've tried uh, adding wood inside the inside the smoke the cook chamber, and I've tried uh, getting one of those little tubes that you put the additional pellets in. I've tried smoking at like a hundred and. 80 degrees to start out with and then cranking the temperature up to finish it off. Um, I've tried everything. And you know, people will tell you these things work. My personal experience is none of them works. But the side of, to that is I've got friends that don't like as much smoke flavor on their meat as I do. So something like a pellet smoker is perfect for them or they just don't have the time to put into smoking food. They just want to get some smoke flavor. They want to smoke something, but they don't want to sit there on it. Again, perfect smoker.
2: What do you, what do you say to the person that says,
0: what about liquid smoke? I say, turn off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's two, there's two people that, there's two types of people that should turn off this podcast. Those who use liquid smoke and those that boil ribs and then put them on a grill.
2: You're not Uh, welcome here. (laughs) uh, What are you
0: talking about? Boiled ribs. Boiled ribs and put them on a grill and add barbecue sauce. You're not welcome here. You get out. Unless you're trying to upgrade from that, you get out of here. Beat it. (laughs) So, yeah, that uh, is not my. Those are not my things. Uh, And I've used liquid smoke because I worked in restaurants and obviously, you know, you don't have smokers in there. So you use liquid smoke. To recreate that smoke flavor but honestly i i've always felt liquid smoke tastes like trash um and uh yeah so it's not my thing so sorry if anybody's listening to this and like i love liquid smoke there's a better way um so next so yeah so with the pellet smokers plenty of upside you know again temperature set walk away um every once in a while the auger that brings the pellets from the chamber from the hopper into the uh into the chamber can get clogged, but it's not, it's not often. One of the main things to look out for is uh, when you buy your pellets, I, you want to tend to buy pellets that are a hundred percent from the wood that the pellet, that it says. So if I buy a pellet, a bag of pellets and it says hickory, I actually read the bag to make sure it's actually hickory. Because what happens is a lot of times, some of these companies will use alder wood and then they'll they'll basically soak the pellets in the oils from the wood that they say it is right and yeah. and apparently that's so they you get a more consistent burn with their different flavors but i find that you know the flavor wasn't as good to me as the ones that were straight from the, the the, the species that it says it is. That's just my experience. That's like
2: saying uh, 100% apple juice and then finding out it's from concentrate and has 400 other things inside of it. Right. Apple juice,
0: a little bit of pineapple in there. You know what I mean? It, yeah. So so just watch out for that. Those are the you old know, things that uh, people. And I remember talking to my buddy, and, you know, uh, amongst my friends, I've probably got the most experience smoking food. And, you know, he's always calling for tips and tricks and, and stuff. And, you know, I, I try to help him out. And then he went out and he uh, bought a. He's like, man, I just ordered this new smoker. I was like, you ordered a new smoker? How did you order a smoker? And you you didn't even have a conversation with me about it. And uh, he was like, um, um, well, I just you know did my research and I figured out what I wanted. And I was I just gonna get this. I said, like, okay, well, fair enough. What kind of smoker did you get? And it was like he was. Like, I just got this uh, Traeger pellet smoker. I was like, yeah, you you'll be returning that in about three months. And he was like, nah, man, I did. I was like, okay. You know, and I why? Because he's like me; he likes a you know a nice, deep smoke flavor on his food. I already knew that, and sure enough, he had to pick up the phone and call me after about three months, and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get rid of the smoker. It's not giving me what I want." I was like next yeah. time. and it's a, it's a great
2: smoker it's just a great it's, smoker but it's what it's, your taste buds exactly. uh, really desire when it when it comes to it and I think uh, that's kind of the challenge and I think that kind of takes you to there's uh, there's a concept of like backyard barbecue And competition barbecue, on the lines of where do you – well, one, can you explain the difference between them? But more importantly, when you're cooking barbecue now, are you cooking your food towards competition-type barbecue, or is it more backyard barbecue? Yeah,
0: yeah, so starting with the difference is, backyard barbecue is pretty much anything goes, right? You smoke your food. It tastes good to you. You're done, right? But competitions actually have completely different standards – when it comes to what's considered to be good barbecue versus what's considered to be a backyard barbecue. And uh, I've never competed, you know, but I've watched a ton of competition. I've spoken, I've had conversations with tons of people that have competed. Um, And so I kind of get the gist of what what they're looking for when it comes to a competition.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.
0: And uh, so the biggest one or the biggest term is fall off the bone ribs. You'll drive up and down the streets. You'll see restaurants that say, oh, come in here and get your fall off the bone ribs. And in competition, fall off the bone ribs is uh, you know considered to be overcooked ribs. You know yep. the, the idea that uh, you bite into a rib bone and it, all the meat flops off the bone, not only is it annoying to me, but it's just not something that should happen. So and, and especially in a competition. uh, So that is considered uh to be overcooked. And what should happen is you should be able to take a rib bone, hold it between your fingers, bite into the meat, pull away. The meat should come off super easy, but the rest of the meat stays on the bone. And then you will actually see kind of like your, your indentation, your teeth marks in that, you know, in that rib where you took the bite. That is a competition rib, right? Um, Brisket, you know, you, You should be able to basically take a slice of your brisket, flop it over your knife, and it just flops over both sides. But then when you pull it apart, it should come apart super easy. Right. So it's got that shows you it's got the nice tenderness, but it's not undercooked where you can't just pull it apart and it just comes apart. But it's not overcooked where when you try to drape it over your knife, it just falls apart. Right. It just cracks and breaks.
2: So, and that sounds like a razor thin line between success and failure. And that is
0: what brisket is. And so we'll talk about it, you know, towards the end. You know, what type of things people should start with when they're getting into barbecuing. Um. So yeah. So those type of uh, differences, different, you know, um, exist. So let me quickly go through ceramic. The Kom- Komodo smokers, great smokers. You know, they're ceramic and the the, the advantages there is that it retains moisture so well. Right. And, and that's heat. huge. It retains heat. So you lose you use less charcoal and it retains moisture. So you'd never have a need to put a water pan in there to add some moisture to the air. Um and uh you just you can come up with some great barbecue on those Komodo smokers. Downside is your space is very limited. And so I yeah. often Uh, When I do barbecue, there are quite a few times where I've done tailgates and I'm doing a brisket, a pulled pork, ribs and chicken. Right. And while timing is important, some of those things I want to kind of smoke at the same time. And then when they're done, put the ribs in and then, you know, everything can be ready around the same time and I can go. Very difficult on a single Komodo uh, ceramic smoker right but if you're just at home you're a weekend warrior you want to fire up some barbecue and you're just doing one thing like you know four racks of ribs on an extra large Komodo uh, or you're just doing one brisket man they're they're, they're perfectly fine um, if you ever do have to add more charcoal to it that's another downside right meat has to come off plate setter has to come off Uh, then you got to add your charcoal and then you got to put that stuff back on and I've had to yeah. do that numerous times yeah. and it's a pain
2: I was just say you, unless you're doing a really long smoke, like with a pork shoulder, you know, fifteen, sixteen, eighteen hours, it, you don't tend to run into that. But I think one of the benefits of them, like you said, is that they hold heat. One of the minuses of them is that they hold heat. So when you when you get that night where you're up in bed and you get the alarm that goes off that says it's hot down here. Like you're, you've overrun temperature. Yeah. The ability to get it to pull back is so hard because it's ceramic and the whole thing is hot. You're trying to get that temperature down. So it's uh, it's a blessing
0: and a curse. One more downside of the ceramic is, uh, and they've probably gotten a little bit better about this, but it's something that used to drive me nuts. And that's the uh, gasket ring. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's usually like a felt gasket that uh, goes around the uh, top and the bottom of the smoker. And that just keeps the air from seeping out if that gasket ever burns up, which can happen because when those things hold uh, air so well that when you pop it open, you need to burp it. You need to barely pop it open so that the you don't send a flush of oxygen into there, which can cause you a big flame up. Um, Learn that the hard way. We've burned up many of ga- <laughs> the gaskets, right? Burned up eyebrows, burned up gaskets, burned up hand hairs. You know what I mean? So you're just rushing. You're like, oh, I got to you do this. And you open it up. It's like whoosh. You know what I mean? Uh, so you burp it. Uh, but you burn up that ring. All of a sudden, you get an air leak. And when you get an air leak, uh, f- that's when fighting temperatures become a bit more challenging than they are if you got a nice intact ring.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it, it, honestly, once it's I would recommend to anybody, if you're smoking on those things, The first thing you should do is before you even light it, buy another gasket because you – when it's your first time with it, you are going to burn it up because you're either going to do – you're going to be barbecuing on it or – sorry, grilling on it, and you're going to get it super hot, and you're not going to burp it properly, and you can see it happen because the flame – up it hit that felt, and it's like – you see it run around the ring, and it's like you've already burnt up your ring. Yeah, and they're okay. there, somewhat of a pain in the butt to replace, but you, you uh, just got to scrape yeah, them off, you got to clean
0: up. them, and then you got to get the high heat uh, glue. And uh, yeah, it just becomes a pain, an unnecessary pain, but an inevitable one. Yeah. Um that it, it'll it'll probably happen. And it, and since you mentioned it, here's my pet peeve: if you buy a smoker, use it as a smoker. You want a grill? Go buy a grill. You know what I mean? I I. Can't stand the advertisement that you know this is a smoker, but you can use it as a grill. I hate that they do that because you know I've heard that from so many people that's asked for advice. Is like, hey, D, I can use it as a grill. Like, it's like, why would you do
2: that? This is your smoker. But but could it be? It, it's a it's a smoker that can be used as a grill once you fail at smoking. And, you know,
0: there's, there's a, there's a All one. is not lost. <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: the, but the the other way I, I do look at it, because there are there there are some places where um I think grilling and smoking come together like you've you've done. I've done it. Tomahawk steak is one classic mm-hmm. example of something that reverse it, it, it requires both discipline because it's too thick. For you to just grill it. So you need to smoke it. You might be on the smoker for an hour, two hours to kind of bring it up to the thing. But you also need to grill it because you want to get that sear because it's being the served on the outside, like, a, yeah. like a typical steak. So uh, there's probably some use cases where you want to like live but between the two lines.
0: For me, you smoke it in your smoker. You fire up your grill, and when you're ready, you take it over, and you burn it. You, know, you burn them um, outsides on the grill, and you call right, it a so day.
2: My, my excuse is just total It's blast.
0: there. I got the, you. That the one, the one option rib? is that I actually tolerate is when you do um, a, a prime rib. Yes, a, a bone-in prime rib, because you, you're not necessarily going to take that big thing And you put it on and put it on a grill, you know, unless you're slicing it. So the idea that you can smoke that thing for, you know, good eight hours and then crank up the temperature on the egg to about 800 degrees to crust the outside to really crisp up that outside. That is appealing. You know what I mean? So uh, other than that, that's probably the only one I go with. And, you know, I know a lot of people that uh, are friends of mine that love using their smokers as a grill. I think you're silly, <laughs> but whatever. That's just my opinion. So finally, uh, oh yeah, so that covered you know everything: the komodo, the offset, the offset. I don't really see much of a downside on on those. You know what I mean? Except for understanding your airflow, right? Because one of the things you definitely need to understand is how does the airflow in your smoker. Uh, because as the air comes in, you know, if it doesn't have a diffuser or something to kind of spread that air out, you may have a hotter side of the smoker than the, uh, than then another side. Right. So sometimes depending on the, uh, offset you get, you know, you may not quickly understand, you know, where the best place to place certain foods are. Um, but other than that, there's not necessarily really a downside that I know of on the offset aside from size and weight, you know. But, uh, you know, cooking wise, you know, you can add more fuel to it, um, the logs or whatever off in the, uh, pe- on the box on the side and keep it moving, you know.
2: So let's imagine that someone listening to this is saying, <clears throat> You haven't scared me off with saying sixteen hours or twelve hour cook times. Mm-hmm. You haven't scared me off with saying that I might need to sit and baby this thing and work the temperature because my budget is going to be the eighty dollar uh, kettle smoker. I don't mind putting the water on. I don't mind dealing with the chips. So I don't mind any of that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in. I got it. Before I can graduate to a thousand dollar or even potentially more on a smoker, what meat should I start with? to essentially get success from the start? Like, cause would you tell me to jump right into brisket to yeah, so, where should I go?
0: This is a very interesting conversation uh p- portion. Right. And uh I would tell people, no, stay away from the brisket. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't do brisket without practicing brisket. Right. So you, at some point you're going to have to get in and ruin a bunch before you actually get good at it. Right. But uh, to me, the first things you should do with your smoker is understand the temperature, how well it does, how long does it take to cook certain foods? Roughly, um, you know, how how does food taste with it and all of that jazz. Right. So um, to me uh, and you might people might think that chicken is easy to go with and uh and a a good place to start and i would say not really it it's a nuance there right and the nuance is the skin chicken skin is very difficult to achieve properly why because when it cooks slow over a long period of time it can get rubbery and we Everybody listening to this has bit into some barbecue chicken and the entire skin comes off and slaps them in the face. Everybody's done it. Everybody's had that type of chicken. And what happens is there's, you know, most of the fat is sitting right under the chicken. And the problem is chicken cooks so fast that you can't render, cook down all the fat in that time period. It needs to cook over a longer, longer period of time. So there are techniques that you can do to to assist that. and But it be, then it becomes a lot longer preparation time to get the chicken ready, right? So that's why, you know, chicken is very nuanced. If you don't care about that, or if you're gonna smoke the chicken and then throw it on a grill afterwards, then, you know, why not? But if you're like, no, I wanna smoke it and then take it right out and start eating it and whatever, chicken may not be the best thing to start with. Brisket, definitely not. There is a very fine line between good barbecue brisket and trash and i've been to a lot of uh restaurants where i've eaten yeah i'll go into a barbecue restaurant and i'm like give me one of everything give me your chicken give me a sausage give me your brisket give me your ribs i'll eat it over a couple days i'm not gonna eat it all at one setting but i want to taste the full gamut of what you guys are doing here and uh, you know a lot of these are have some great barbecue but I've been to my share of ones where I'm like, man, you can take this brisket and just throw it into the garbage. This is trash, you know? And uh, it's a very fine line. Uh, why? Because you're taking that thing upwards of 200 degrees. Uh, depending on the size of it, you can be smoking that from anywhere between 13 to 15 hours. And then, like I mentioned earlier, you, you, know, you don't want to rush to cut it. You've had that thing on heat for so long you need the juices to kind of settle back in and pull back in because the heat heats up the middle of the meat and pushes the juices out. And once it starts to cool, you want those cheese juices to come back in. Right. And if you cut it too soon, just like if you grill a steak and then you immediately start cutting it ruined. Right. You got to let it sit. Um, So, you know, same thing with large pieces of meat like brisket and. uh And. um and for the last one pulled pork right but pulled pork usually has a lot of fat with it uh, or the pork shoulder or the pork butt and uh the and so it's very difficult to mess up a pulled pork so if i was telling somebody hey you want to get good at something and you, know, you want to start somewhere grab you a pork shoulder and a or a pork butt and you know people should know but if you in case you're wondering pork butt both the shoulder and the butt are actually above the arm of the pig right the butt the actual booty of the pig is the ham right so just you know if people ever wonder about that you know the it's just whether you get the lower part of the sho- of the shoulder which kind of leads into the leg or you get above that which is kind of more hi- higher up um you know you have the you have the pork shoulder and the and the butt. So just, just so people know that, um,
2: I would, I would agree with you that I I do think pork shoulder is probably, it's the most forgiving.
0: Yeah. Very forgiving.
2: Can you mess it up?
0: Sure. You can dry it out. You can under season it. Um, you know, you, you can again, pull it too soon and then just lose all your juices. You there's tons of stuff you can do, but it's still, it's very difficult to, uh, to destroy it where it's like, it's un you know, it's just not edible. And uh, pulled pork, I find to be very easy. And another thing, I actually find to be very easy is salmon. Um, salmon maybe smokes in an hour. Um, yep. it, it takes mm. your seasoning very well and it takes the smoke very well. So, um, it's it's a uh, it's an easy thing to smoke and just you know, just use as a way to practice getting used to your smoker. Um, you know, even with all the different technologies, you know, to offset the you know, the the the, the gravity. Uh, on these smokers they know they all st- still smoke pretty much the same i have smoked salmon on all of them i smoked it on the egg i smoked it on the kettle i smoked it on the uh on yeah. the pellet i smoked them all never had a bad salmon every one of them t- to the point where people are asking me to smoke salmon for them um yeah
2: can't can't really mess that one up all right so um and i will say like when it as you're trying to you know and I think we'll talk about some of the things uh, later, but one of the biggest the other challenge you run into is like what what do I start with and I think you you kind of highlighted early on Chris, which is if you're just cooking for your family of four and only one type of food, often you can go with something small or like a, a kettle or um, a, a komodo or an egg um, and you might have to start getting at something bigger when you're saying I want the smoker because I often will have, you know, 40 people over and I want to cook barbecue for 40 people because because typically with barbecue, you're talking, you know, multi hours cook times. And if you can only get one thing on at a time because you're going to smoke, let's say your brisket and your pork shoulder at slightly different temperatures and your ribs and all these things, uh, unless you're going to have many smokers, you, you you tend to. I, at least in my mind, size is, I think, equated often to how much you potentially want to be able to prepare at a single in a single time. Is that right now? Yeah, for sure. Um, as
0: I was doing more and more tailgates and uh, having more and more people show up at our tailgates, it definitely became a lot harder uh, to use an egg. Um, I remember I would say, all right, I'm going to smoke these ribs a day before put them in the refrigerator. And because when I get to the tailgate, I'll quickly ramp them up on the grill. And that's a perfectly fine technique. Um, I've used, we used to do that in restaurants. When I worked in the restaurants, we would smoke ribs for hours. I'll be sorry. We would cook ribs for hours in the oven. And then we would uh, yeah, let them cool, wrap them up and then into yeah, either half, into half racks. And then when somebody ordered one, we would reheat it directly on the grill. The grill was 700 degrees. So it's getting up the temp quick, barbecue it and send it out. And people loved it um, that way. Uh, but uh, so why not employ that same technique at a tailgate? But once I started getting into smoking briskets and and pork butts and shoulders and, you know, it's saying, Okay, now I want to do a barbecue. I had a buddy come down from Canada who wanted to experience the American tailgate. And of course he wanted to, you know, experience... Uh, my barbecue. He's you know an excellent cook in, in his own right, and uh, so I you know when you have a situation like that, what what am I going to do? Smoke shoulder and not uh, brisket, and smoke brisket and not chicken. No, no, I got to smoke everything. He's got to have it all. So when you have those situations, not only is timing things out correctly and having a great way to mark the times you know that things are going in and out, but um, also uh, being able to have the capacity to smoke that a buddy of mine had a graduation party uh for his kids and he didn't have the capacity to smoke all the food so he asked me to smoke i want to say it was uh mm, somewhere around 12 chickens for him and yeah i was like that's eh, no problem you know it's like that's light work for my smoker yeah you know, to smoke 12 chickens i can probably i can fit up to 16 right so smoking 12 was nothing but, uh, you know, he was doing ribs and other stuff. Skin rubbery? No, absolutely perfect. Every single <laughs> one. <round of laughs> and
2: that's
0: because I used a, an easy technique to do that, right? Uh, one of the easier techniques to do that is to cut the chickens into halves or quarters and then start to the smoke with the skin side down, right? Because that, add, you know, the grate adds more heat to the skin, which then kind of crisps it up more immediately. And that's just a quick, a quick tip. To how okay. to uh, do that, to achieve that.
2: All right. So over the years, and again, we talked uh, like kind of early on. We were fighting temperature stuff like that. What if someone's getting into this? What what things? What what tools should they get kind of involved in that from, um, like, you know, I think you, you use a flame boss now, right? I do. Is that what yeah. you're using? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what kind of things like that could I do to, because I think most people would say, I do like barbecue. Like I like going to whether you like mission barbecue or you get to Franklin's barbecue and you can get really good stuff. I like it. I'd love to prepare it at my house, but it, it I, I don't want to work that daggone hard for it so what what can i do that can that can as i get to get started that can i i can make this a little easier so it's just not uh, man i'm too tired to eat the food once it's done well, what would you recommend
0: i think that's a great way to kind of end this first episode and uh is to really allow people to uh, what they should type of technologies they should consider when it comes to aiding them in smoking good barbecue and um first and foremost when you buy your smoker never ever 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 trust the uh, thermostat that's on there that comes with your uh smoker it uh it may be accurate it may not be accurate and but the problem is it does not give you the temperature at the grate that's where the food is the food is not sitting on the door the food is sitting on a grate So that temperature that's being read on the door or the, the, you know, on the lid is where is the temperature there. And so having a secondary, uh, more accurate thermostat, um, that, that actually is next to the food that you're smoking is way more accurate and will give you much better results, uh, then and that's probably one of the easiest and quickest things to go to go through and as we go through do more episodes, you know, we can definitely talk about some of the different ones we've used over the years. Now, uh the next thing is even lighting the smoker, right? Because it can be a pain to light your smoker depending on your smoker. Mine was a kind of a pain because just pour a bunch of
2: lighter fluid in and get it going. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Again, you're not welcome here. <laughs> you lighter fluid people, you're not welcome here. <laughs> uh, you know, if you burn it off properly, you know, it should not leave. Don't use lighter fluid. But don't use lighter fluid. You know, there's all kinds of ways to, to light your smoker. But uh, with that said, uh, when you're not using lighter fluid, lighting your smoker can then become more challenging and more of a pain. Uh, so, you know, using things from like a, uh, a integrated torch with a fan. Uh so not only is it heating the charcoal, but it's actually blowing air onto it to get the temperature up. Maybe it's something like a uh one of those lighter bricks that you can light. It's basically like a hundred matches stuck together, you know, and they you just light that thing and stick it in there. Big green eggs, very popular for those and they just light you the hell out of your smoker. You know what I mean? And they work great. Um to you know, using a blowtorch. Blowtorch perfectly fine. Uh, yeah. and to work, you
2: know, the electric lighters that uh, just heat, the coils heat up and yeah, like a, a
0: loof lighter, and uh, to what I use today, which is a uh, a uh, oh, a weed a weed burner, right, and not marijuana weed, but you know, one you know a torch a weed torch that something you would use to kind of just you know as you walk through your sidewalk and you see a bunch of weeds growing through the cracks, you just burn them with that, and that thing by far the best i've ever used. You know what i mean? But it may not fit, fit your uh, so you know, and that's something we can talk more in depth on uh, on a later episode. But uh probably um you know, the next thing is uh you know, we talked about changing or adding a uh, uh a more accurate thermostat to your smoker, but there are certainly thermostats that actually can help you regulate the temperature of your smoker. Uh, depending, you know, most popular with the egg and uh, you know smokers like mine that have a pipe coming out of them, but they also work with a lot of the offset smokers. Um, and essentially, the way these things work is, uh, they have the thermostat that reads out, and uh, if you set the temperature for two fifty, and it determines, it detects that the temperature is dropping, it actually spins up the fan to add more, you know, airflow, which then heats up your your charcoal,
2: right? And then, uh, at- would you consider that like it's virtually cheating? I would say, you know, the, it, it, what, you know, it,
0: what's cheating? You know what I mean? It, it's just the person that's, it's just the person trying harder, right? So, uh, yeah, no, I think originally I would probably say, oh, yeah, you're cheating. But in the end, if I want to, there's so much nuance to cooking good barbecue, from the seasoning to the preparation to the trimming to the, uh, 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 the timing. The last thing I want to do anymore is fight the fire as well, on top of everything else that I just went through. I don't want to fight the fire too. You know what I mean? And so when I started using a thermostat with the bar, it was it was game changing. You know. Yeah, because, I used
2: the DigiQ. Yeah. And
0: the, man. The DigiQ is awesome, you know. Flame Boss is awesome. I love Flame Boss because uh, the website actually tracks the cooks and you can look at stats and stuff over time. Um, and uh, you know, so th- those are things to consider uh getting into. But by no by but like I mentioned earlier, when you buy a new smoker, man, do your first couple smokes without any additional technology. Uh just use the smoker, practice setting your uh vents, you know, on the intake as well as the out outgoing so that you can uh really learn how to use your smoker without any of those technology those tech gadgets and then that way um in the event you have a power outage or you you know it just stops working like i had one time where uh the the uh, actually i've had this happen to me multiple times the probe that is used to determine the temperature inside the smoker just went bad it actually happened to you too as well i remember yours went bad yep. and uh once that happens you're it's useless right and they do go bad they most definitely go bad and uh, once that happens and it starts, you know, I had mine it was reading. The temperature was like 500 degrees. And so it just stopped the fan and my temperature was dropping on my smoker. You know what I mean? And um, had it where it, was, it you know, was reading too cold and it started. Oh, here's another thing. Right. I lit my smoker and I left the probe outside of the smoker. So it was uh, reading too, <laughs> too cold and the fan spun up. And by the time I got to my smoker, my smoker was upwards of 400 degrees. You know what I mean? And thankfully I had checked it or, you know, just, you know, I just tend to do a visual check before I step out or anything. And I was like, uh, why is this thing pumping like that? And I looked, I was like, holy cow. You know? And why? Because, Oh, you're an idiot. You never plugged a probe back in to deck t- to temperature. So, you know, and it's, you know, it's easier to heat a smoker uh, up than it is to cool it off. You know what I mean? Because it's not like I'm reaching in there and pulling charcoals out. Um, it, you know, you, you really got to fight with it to get it back under the, or into the temperature that you want to get. So overshooting is a very problematic uh, thing that you just don't want to do. So yeah. So learn how it's to like control you your smoker. At it,
2: it's like looking out in your backyard and you're like, either there's a coal burning train running through my backyard <laughs> or my smoker <laughs> is going nuts right uh, now. What did I do wrong? Go for it.
0: So you know, so let's wrap this thing up here, man. This was a, a fun introduction to some of the things that I want to talk about and uh, get into. The conversations can go any direction. Uh, by all means, if you got a question, you can just hit me up uh, on Twitter or on uh, Instagram at Big Chris Ashley. Um, and if I can help you, I will. You know, if I've you know, if if not, you know, maybe we'll try it out together. Um, but certainly we'll you know get into more specifics like, you know, cooking brisket and uh, the, the the things that I use around it. You know, even down to who's which YouTubers I'll watch uh, as far as their barbecue is concerned that I've picked up tips and tricks from and kind of adapted them to my own uh, methodologies and and processes. So you know we'll we'll go through all of that stuff and just continue to. Integrate this tech that we
2: love uh, with
0: the uh, food that we love,
2: and uh, since we, you've made it to this point, where you heard Chris say, if you have a question, to hit him up. Start your question with "fat side up" or "fat side down," uh, you know, and that yeah. way he'll know that you listen to this when he's answering your question.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll know you deserve a, an answer right away. So, just make for- sure
2: you choose the right way: fat side up, fat side uh, down.
0: Uh, Definitely. Thank you all for uh, listening and checking us out. And by all means, man, if you enjoyed this, uh, this episode and this first episode and you like the concept of it, yeah, let me know. Um, You know, and uh, any questions you may have that you want to hear us kind of dive into around barbecue. uh, It's a a fun topic for me and I'd love to uh, uh, do it with you. Rod, thanks for appreciate you.
2: No problem, man. Take care.